edition of let me tell you something yes we are out of our studio and into the comfort of the old classic skype back and forth as myself Lorcan and my co-host simon cross continue our journey to watch as many matches as we can of wrestling quality in the eyes of dave Meltzer that were perfect scoring five stars or higher and it's yet another or higher that we're covering now and it's the final of seven matches during a month-long tournaments that we're covering tonight it's a five and three quarter star match simon and what is it we're covering we're covering the final no surprises there uh between kota Ibushi and hiroshi tanahashi so a slightly surprising final i think for for many especially the the sides of tanahashi being involved having recently as we've covered lost to kazuchika okada in okada's attempt to uh, break Tanahashi's record, which he achieved of being the most successful number of our successive IWGP Heavyweight Championship uh, defenses. Tanahashi's had a few losses, is walking wounded, but as was the common theme and subtitle for this tournament series, he has been a survivor and has reached all the way to the final after losing his first match, one of his first matches to Jay White. That was the second match in the tournament. He then went on an undefeated win streak, coming out of the tournament with 15 out of a potential 18 points. The only other point he dropped we'd previously covered in his 30-minute time limit draw with Kazuchika Okada in the Block A final. Yes, and on the flip side, we've got Kota Ibushi, who's uh, not the flip side, the other side, um, who has just got through a grueling um, Block B shootout um, with Kenny Omega, his golden lover's compatriot. Yes, and he ended with only 12 points out of a possible 18, therefore ending with a win record of 6-3 and three against Tanahashi 7-1-1. One, one. But it was also the... Uh, it was thanks to his head-to-head record against Kenny Omega, Zack Sabre Jr. and Tetsuya Naito, who were all on 12 points, but he had victories over all three of them, quite conveniently. That's uh, worked out well. Along the way, <laughs> he had recorded losses to Sanada, Tamatonga, and that trickster Toriano was able to catch a, a, a flash win over him as well. Ah, okay, Toriano as well. Mm. That's... Nice to see him get one, one or two. Just a little, just yeah. a little smuttering of wins. Well, that's the whole point of, of Yano in these tournaments is that he's the spoiler who can ultimately steal, you know, like in this last one, he um, he was the first one to get a victory over John Moxley thanks to um, sticky taping him and Shooter Amino together so they <laughs> couldn't get into the ring in time for to beat the count out. <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh, duct tape, so underrated in wrestling. Anyway, um, what is not sticky in this situation is any sticky, awkward moments, as this is just pure action from start to finish between two top stars. Uh, Simon, what were your thoughts going into the match? What were you expecting? Um, 
Well, it's sort of Kota trying to prove that he can do things his own way. Throughout the uh, Block B final, um, they had mentioned the comments that Tanahashi had made pre-tournament about Kota Ibushi, about how if he changed his mentality, his attitude, he could be far better than what he currently is. Um, sort of like how, like, the boomer versus millennial thing, although nowhere near far as pronounced. Uh, say, X against millennial? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, just saying, you know, you should do things the way more conventionally and you'd be better for it. Mm. So I was excited to see how that dynamic played out. And the you've got Tanahashi, who's obviously great in terms of like a uh, psychology standpoint who can tell that story just through his physical movement. It's it's one of the things I love about Tanahashi. He doesn't need necessarily to be a flash man. He just tells the story by being him. Well, what I've also alluded to before is that the whole thing about being a survivor is that it's it's placing a, a key aspect to this on mental toughness. Uh, both physical and mental toughness. And we know that Tanahashi's been through the ringer, um, both fi- more physically than emotionally, because we, we were saying really that the whole story of the previous match was that he was maybe ultimately a more mentally strong person than Kazuchika Okada. Yeah. Um, but Okada just had all those natural gifts and uh, and a love of winning yeah. to push him through. Whereas Tanahashi, it's more pure to him. He is the ultimate... Uh, embodiment of the New Japan spirit, maybe more than anyone since Inoki and Fujinami and the Three Musketeers. Yeah, and Okada's going, still going through his weird post-title uh, yeah. phase Malay, as well. So. His cocaine binge period. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's, and that seems to be the key thing in this match as well. I think one of the most significant moments, again, I don't want to go into pay-by-play really. I've enjoyed that we've been quite concise with our G1 Climax discussions really. Uh, befitting a tournament that until this match is of a 30 minute time limit nature this one actually goes over 30 minutes because they can it's a no time limit there has to be a winner Uh, so this one goes 35 but I think that the key I think the key moment in the whole match maybe is when Tanahashi gets up uh, whilst Ibushi's in control and Ibushi's hitting him with slaps and strikes but mostly slaps and Tanahashi's essentially hulking up and Ibushi's almost like, you know, classic 1980s WWF heel who can't <laughs> quite believe what's happening whilst they're dishing out the hits that they don't seem to have any effect on Tanahashi. Yeah. And so there is that sense that maybe Tanahashi has something within himself, a desire, um, like I said, a mental toughness that maybe Ibushi doesn't yet have at this point. Uh, I think I've lost you, Simon. No, 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 I was just... Oh. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it is necessarily a mental toughness. I think it's more that Tanahashi's even more mentally tough than Ibushi is. Yes, yeah. He's got more of a mental callus that's been built up through experience and dealing with a variety of more situations. And as as far as Tanahashi is concerned, thinking in a more conventional um goal orientated manner than the emotional uh abushi well this must be his uh, fifth g1 climax final i think at this point for tanahashi 
Whereas this is rarefied air for Ibushi. He's never been there before. Yeah. And also, Ibushi has uh, arguably, um, from storyline perspective, emotional fatigue. Look at the... uh, if you look at the finish and aftermath of his match against Omega, like that, that was hard going for him from a mm. mental perspective. So he's only had one day to recover from that. But Tanahashi's had to overcome a lot as well. I mean, in the first night of the tournament, he gets the shit kicked out of him and uh, beating like no other from Minoru Suzuki, but is able to just about find a win from there. And then he gets battered and beaten by Jay White and Jay White's underhanded tactics. And then he just sort of builds into the tournament as it goes along until he has to face off against Okada and he's able to hold him to a 30-minute draw. But like I said, the whole thing about Tanahashi was that he was, even though a draw would have wins it for him, he was not wrestling for a draw right up to the final minutes. Yeah, hold's not um, really the right word. In fact, when you look at the way the match finished, it's, it's more the fact that Okada escaped with a draw, even though that's not what he was looking for. Mm. It was definitely more likely to be Tanahashi that won, hence why the uh, timing of the high fly flow was the way it was. So, but you could also argue that shows, to go back to your point, that um, Tanahashi has this mental callus. Uh, he he went through that emotional ringer of being so close to finally getting another win against Okada mm. and didn't get it, And but he's just switched on, he's in the zone, he's... He's hulking up, as you say, in this moment. He's unperturbed. He's sticking quite rigidly to his usual Tanahashi game plan. Mm. He He's unfazed. He's, dare I say it, almost tranquilo. <laughs> I don't know how I go that far. But it's also significant with this match is who they have in their corners, uh, willing them both on. With Ibushi, it's, it's Kenny Omega who for the most part we don't really hear talking during the match, except at one point I had a note, uh, which is when Ibushi starts just sort of lightly kicking um, uh, 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 Tanahashi in the in the corner. Um, yeah. Is that Omega saying, just finish it, don't play about with him. And that's at the point where uh, Tanahashi gets up and does essentially the Hulk up at that point and starts to sort of freak Ibushi out with his unwillingness to stay down. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that um, sort of separates the the Golden Lovers themselves. It's um, Omega's got that viciousness, that little... Killer instinct. Killer instinct, that's the word I'm looking for, thank you kindly. He's got that, whereas Ibushi is perceived to not have it as much. Mm-hmm. I think there's like a um, a conflict between in, within Ibushi between artistry yeah. and getting the job done. Well, quite similar to the other corner man that we had in this match as well of uh, Katsuyori Shibata. The is, wrestler. You know, the oh. wrestler who is backing up his old musketeer's ally who, of course, he'd had a falling out with and we'd seen the reconciliation essentially of a few years earlier in one of the other five-star matches in this show. Yeah. And, you know, considering Shibata's circumstances, it's a very... The crowd are so pleased to see him, and it's just such a nice moment. Very, like, wholesome. And it, do, and it does play into, you know, uh, Tanahashi is comfortable being sort of Mr. New Japan. That's what he wants to be, and it's... But not Captain New Japan. Not Captain New Japan. That's a very different uh, thing entirely. Um, What's even though he's not got the belt, he still feels like he's been... 
the company's guy mm. in terms of his his loyalty to the company and yeah he's finally now at the stage where he can secure a chance to get the belt as well why not have a man who ultimately gave his career for the company in this corner yeah, yeah. But it's also, I think there's also significance as well that the um, non-present member of that new Three Musketeers, the fourth generation Three Musketeers, is there in spirit in Ibushi. That Ibushi is now the one with the, that is the strikes uh, MMA rock star looking wrestler that's almost, that's not only inherited maybe a lot of what Nakamura was bringing to this, and that's what we get at the start of the match, it's Tanahashi looking to wrestle and Ibushi looking for strikes, which is yeah. similar to the Tanahashi Nakamura G1 Climax final we'd covered from a couple of years before this as well. And even uh, towards the end, Ibushi does bring out the Bomaye and does the Nakamura pose because we had from their, G- from their Wrestle Kingdom match the sense that Ibushi is the closest in spirit to what Nakamura was as well. Maybe I'm just trying to like... Rem- fire up my memory mm-hmm. uh, oh no I had it in my head that he'd gone for a Styles Clash but I think I'm getting my Tanahashi matches mixed up I do apologise um, but no Tanahashi just oh, what I was going to say I lost it what I like is that he's added to his sort of repertoire mm. um, I haven't really seen him do it in a trio before is his twist and shouts yeah i've only ever seen him hit one now he's like starting to hit sequences of twist yeah. and shouts just evolution i like well, yeah that. i mean it's that is that resilience both in his willingness to keep staying in the fight even though he's hit with everything except for the kamagoye from uh ibushi um and that he will hold on to do those twist and shouts i think i've got it down as he does it two times i might be wrong yeah um and it's like, it is ultimately a trade-off at the end. They're, they're trading big moves backwards and forwards. Ibushi hits a lawn dart, a second rope German suplex to the inside of the ring. One of those. You know, because Tanahashi, to be fair to him, even though he's walking wounded, he's sort of stayed away from insane bumps in his matches for the most part that we've covered. But this is easily the biggest, nastiest bump he takes uh, throughout all the Tanahashi matches I've seen so far, which is... Ibushi's uh, German suplexing him from the outside of oh. the ring off the second rope. Yeah. There's no way that doesn't hurt. I mean, I know that's such an obvious thing to say, but comparatively for like a bump, that's just got to suck. <laughs> no two ways about it. Um, Considering his neck as well and every, all of the injuries, it, it, it's bloody brave to take things like that. I don't that. know if Tanashi's neck's that badly hurt to be honest i think he's more his arms and his um legs well his, yeah his shoulder especially yeah uh, yeah definitely definitely his arm yeah but uh, no i do like um one thing i do like as well i have to mention whenever i see kota Ibushi, especially in a big match the f- rapid strike combos yeah. that he at one point will fire off are so beautiful. You could tell he used to be an actual kickboxer because the way he just puts those combinations together, oh, yeah. it's just seamless. It's... Yeah, there's, there's a difference between seeing someone like Ibushi kick or someone like uh, Alistair Black kick compared to seeing someone like CM Punk kick. If um, 
Tanahashi's hulking up is an Americano, uh, then Kota Ibushi's quick strike combo is very much an espresso shot, if you see what I mean. Espresso, I think you mean, not an espresso. No, no, it's an express espresso, so it's even faster. <laughs> okay. Is it a rock and roll <laughs> espresso? Yes, it is. Or maybe a J-pop espresso would be more appropriate. Um, so, yeah, but like I said, the key theme I've got throughout this whole match is that ultimately Ibushi becomes exasperated and outlasted by a more resilient Tanahashi. Yeah. That Tanahashi just ultimately wanted it more than Ibushi in the, on this night. I, you could also argue it's maybe more big match experience. Yeah, yeah through the big match experience. Yeah. yeah. Not wanting it more. I think it's more... It's, it's big it's match Hiroshi. Yeah. Yeah. He is big match Hiroshi. He is the ace. I do love how it finishes as well with a, a trio of high fly flows. That that's what it takes to win it. He hits a high fly flow to Ibushi's back, goes back up to the top, then hits a high fly flow cross body to Ibushi. And then... Because of how Ibushi's lying in line with how Tanahashi is essentially like straight ahead of him, he has to do that old Rob Van Dam twisting midair on the five star from yeah. Splash to hit the final high fly flow for the three count. Like a ripcord high fly flow, <laughs> sort mm, of. No, not really like that at all. Sort of, because no, not really sort, like that sort at all. Of. No, uh, not really sort, like that sort at all. Of. No. Not sort really of. like that at all. No, not not really like that at all. Sort of. No, not uh, really like that at all. Sort of, because um. No, not really like that at all. Sort of because <laughs> um the way he sort of spins in midair is a little bit reminiscent of adding that extra bit of like mustard onto it that Okada adds when he ripcords for the Rainmaker. No, it's not really like that at all. But anyway, uh, if people <laughs> want to get in touch with you, Simon, to explain why it's really not like that at all. Uh, they can first find out, though, are you giving this match five stars? Nice transition. Seamless, that. Uh, I am giving this match five stars. It's mm. just a great melding of styles. Um, the way they like their styles play off of each other is really fun. Uh, Tanahashi tells a fantastic story, and Kota Ibushi is a genetic freak, and they all just put it together to make a really great G1 Climax final. Um... I'll just about go five stars as well. I don't think it's going to be troubling my top ten list, but I do think it's a fantastic effort by both men after what must have been a very physically taxing month. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> so, Simon, if people want to get in touch with you, um, like I said, to explain why it's nothing like a ripcord, how can they do so? Uh, they can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free, free for the number of high fly flows it took to finish Kota Ibushi. Uh, my name is Lorcan Mullen, that's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for analogy, and N for nothing like that at all. That's <laughs> my Twitter handle, Facebook, Instagram, Letterboxd, if you put at gmail.com at the end of it, that's my email address. If you want to get in touch with the show, it's lmtyspod at gmail.com, and lmtyspod is also our Twitter handle, and we have a Facebook page as well. Uh, Simon, now that we're finally out of the G1 Climax, maybe we can maybe... Look elsewhere? Is that what's going to happen for our next match? Are we not going to be involving some of these people we've seen before? Maybe in a different promotion, a different country? What are we doing next? Uh, no, in oh, a word. Okay. <laughs> we are uh, watching Hiroshi Tanahashi defend his newly won right to main event Wrestle Kingdom against a uh, somewhat familiar foe, Kazuchika Okada. Ah! Uh, 2019 self-contained trilogy of this epic rivalry as it continues on. 
Um, but yeah, there's nothing left for us to say until you hear that one, except my name's Lorcan Mullen. And my name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five and three quarter star time. Until the next time. Sifting all the voices through the noise that's pink and white. Turning round the 